question is, um, you know, what is the key to fruit bearing? Well, obviously, for us as a branch, what's our key? We have to what? We have to abide or remain or dwell or get our life from the vine. How many of you know, though, it's easy for us to try to find life outside of the vine? But that's not going to produce fruit. It may produce a lot of leaves. It may look good to the world. But God's not after leaves, is he? He's after fruit. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I worked in a nursery uh, for uh, growing up. My dad was in the nursery business. And so I worked in the fields. I worked in, in nurseries. And, and uh, you know, and if when you would, we'd trim back things that they would become fuller and then we'd cut off the, the dead branches and, and uh, with fruit trees too, you had to prune them in such a way that the, the, you know, the branches wouldn't go inside, they'd go out, but also that there wouldn't be too many and that the fruit could be produced on that. So again, uh, it's interesting that, <laughs> that the key is abiding, that's how we, that's how we bear fruit, but it's also important that we're, we're you know, the nurturing the water, which is the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, all those things are essential. But here's the question is, how do I abide in the vine? How do I do that? How do you abide? How do we abide in the vine? Uh, anybody want to throw some ideas out? Prayer? Prayer is really good, isn't it? Prayer, because prayer is where you're connected. Remember, prayer is two-way. It's not only you know, connecting with him, but it's listening to him and what he's saying. And by listening, I mean letting him download into your spirit. What's another way besides prayer? What else? What is it? The word. Yeah, the word is life to us. It's life-giving. And the word also can prune. How many know the word can prune? You know, how many know the word can cut? <laughs> and, uh, and that's good. Okay, what else? What else? What, what else is pardon? We've got prayer. We've got the word. What else? Yeah, the way you live your life, the way you live your life, your lifestyle. You know, your lifestyle is a lifestyle in him. That's good. Good. I'm sorry, what did you say? Okay. Yeah, you know, fellowshipping. You know, the nice thing about church, you can come and there's something in the, the worship too. I'm going to mention worship as another side. Worship helps us to really enter into that place where, where I mean, it's, I, tonight I got really blessed. I just went somewhere else. I just kind of went off into this deep place of peace and rest and, and just where God just kind of ministered to me. And, and uh, you know, uh, worship really draws us into that place. Sometimes if you're going through struggles and, you know, you can get into worship and everything else falls away because he becomes big and whatever problems you have become small. And uh, so that's another area uh, you know, and so church is awesome. Also, fellowshipping with other believers. When we're around other believers, there, there's encouragement, there's strengthening, because we have Jesus in common. And so that also helps us. That's why he says branches here. He says, you are the branches. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to, if you're a follower of Jesus, he's talking to you. And so it's branches. We're not the branch. Uh, we're branches. We're part of that, of that vineyard that he's producing fruit. And, uh, and so, you know, we could go on and on, but that's, that's really good what you've said. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think there's one other thing that needs to happen, too. Uh, I think it's really key in abiding, and I think it's, it's dying to self. In John 12, 24, it says, unless, the, unless the, the seed dies, it cannot produce fruit. So when you put that, so dying to self, see, 
we're all selfish, you know, and you can take two little babies and put them in a crib, and they look so cute, you give them one rattle, and you, <laughs> you watch them go for that rattle, uh, they're not going to be so cute because we're all selfish. And, you know, have you ever noticed, like, a mother will be really bone-tired, she gets into bed, and then all of a sudden, the baby's hungry. Well, the baby, the baby doesn't go, gee, you know, my mom's kind of tired, and, you know, I, I don't want to bother her. No, the baby goes, like that until the baby gets fed and so uh, we are naturally selfish and that selfishness when Jesus comes in that's the beginning when we begin to die to ourselves. but it's still hard I don't know about you but there's times when I want to have my way and probably in an elder in an older way I'm going Wah! like that to, to you know sometimes when I don't get my way and, uh, you know, and, and I think we all have a tendency to do that. So we've got to die to that and allow God to just, you know, and, and when something doesn't go right, you know, sometimes it's so frustrating when things don't go right. And especially if you're dealing with a, you know, I don't want to say this because it sounds really bad, <laughs> but if you're dealing with somebody who they just can't think outside the box and they're like an automaton and you're trying to reason with somebody, you know, and they, you can't, I just get so frustrated with that. And they just go, I'm sorry, this is the way I'm And I'm going, uh, you know, I'm going, bless you. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, that's not what I'm thinking. But anyway, uh, what I'm saying is uh, we've got to die to ourselves so that God can, and I believe that's part of the pruning. I believe dying to ourselves is part of the pruning process. The word helps us. Other things help us. Uh, other believers can help us. My wife's really good at helping me. And, uh, and so the Holy Spirit really helps us. So very, very important. Now, I want to just finish up here by, by talking about what are things that hinder my ability to abide and to bear fruit. Is my water bottle down there? Oh, good, thanks. I'm going to... Oh, your, your phone is talking to you. It's just like <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. We're going to talk about some things that actually hinder our fruit production. Now, let me just say this. I believe there's two areas of fruit production. I believe part of it is the works that God does through us, not the things that we do for him or even the good works we do. It's not that. It's what does God do through us. That is really powerful. The second area, I believe, the fruit production is I believe it's character. I believe God is producing his character in us. Now, the fruit of the Spirit in, John, in Galatians 22 and 23 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's basically the personality of Jesus that's being produced in us. So it's not just the things that happen through us, it's also the character that he produces in us. Do you know that God is much more concerned in who we're becoming than what we're accomplishing? I want to say that again. God is so much more concerned about who we're becoming than what we are accomplishing. So I believe there's a double-edged sword here. There's a two aspects. It's not just, you know, the things that, that come out of our life, but it's also the character that he's producing in us. How many of you know that your character develops the best uh, when there's a lot of pruning and when you're going through it? Amen? And, you know, in times of drought, it, it's amazing. In times of drought, this, this guy that was taking us to the vineyard, he said, you know, when we go through a little bit of a drought, that's not a bad thing. He says, because the roots 
drive down deeper into the soil so then when it does rain, they really receive more. So how many know when we go through a drought, how many know it really is horrible? <laughs> we don't like it. Uh, you know, we, we whine about it. But I want you to know that's the time when our roots can go deeper and we can draw that nourishment from him and we become more like him. You know, and so, you know, in those times where it's dry and where we're struggling and where we're going through it, uh, realize that God is producing. It gives you the opportunity. You can either become bitter or you can become better. Amen? And God is hoping and de desiring and he wants to bring good out of everything that's going on in your life, according to uh, Romans 8, 28, that he'll turn it to good, but, but there's a process. And how many know we don't like the process? And there's a process in my and your becoming more like Jesus and demonstrating and, and really allowing the love. Now, he goes into this. Mike shared this uh, this weekend, um, you know, in verses 9 uh, through uh, nine through 11, where it says this, as the Father loved me, I also loved you, abide in my love. Now, it's interesting, he talks about, when he's talking about abiding, the first thing he talks about is love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You know, it's interesting, in uh, John chapter 14, verse 15, uh, it's really interesting. And the Amplified Bible says it this way. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, it works both ways. If I keep my commandments, if, if I keep the commandments of God, then that's going to bring me into love because it's going to protect me from getting uh, you know, out, of, out of sorts. But also, if I really love God, I'm going to keep his commandments. Why? Because I don't want to do anything that comes between me and him. And I'm going to love people more because I'm connected to him. God is what? 1 John 4, God is love. So if I'm connected to the vine, you know, if, if, the, if I'm connected to the vine and God is love and Jesus is love, and therefore I'm going to be able to love, but also I'm going to be impacted by love and that love is going to be a greater part of my life. Now it's interesting, he goes on to say here, he talks about the second fruit of the Spirit here, where he says in verse 11, see uh, he says, these things I have spoken to you that your joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So in other words, he goes right from, he goes right from love to joy. And so that's what are the first two fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, and then it goes on. Peace, patience, kindness, anyway. But, but what I'm saying is, you know, that, that, that production, it's not just, and, and I think we're oftentimes so trying to produce the works that we're, 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 getting, we're getting beyond ourselves. Let me tell you, your character is essentially important to him, and also so is what's coming out of your life. And uh, I believe it all, comes, it all comes to abiding. And, you know, another way to abide is just to, to soak. You know, when I go to Pakistan with Leif, we spend a lot of time soaking. That seems like wasted time. But it's not, because we get into his presence, we just soak before the Lord, and then the Lord speaks to our heart and directs us in a way that produces much more fruit than if we just kind of go on our own way. Amen or oh me? Okay, good. I'm glad you're with me. Okay, now, uh, I want to talk about, I'm going to talk just about a few things here and, and wrap this up quickly. Uh, I'm going to talk about five things that rob us. And so, uh, if you're taking notes, the first one is sin. Say sin. I know it's not nice to say that in church, but, but anyway, sin robs you from what God wants to produce in your life. Amen? The, word, the Greek word for sin is hamartia. You know what it means? It means to miss the mark. If I miss the mark, 
then it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess me up and it's, it's going to stop the fruit production and it's going to mess me up in what God's trying to do through my life. So I don't have to go into that. You know, uh, you know a good scripture for that is James, you know, where he talks about it starts with desire and then when it's full-blown, it brings death. It's James 1, 14 and 15 for those of you that want to read that later. Uh, so obviously, if you have a problem with sin... Cut it out, <laughs> you know, repent, turn from it. That means don't do it because it's robbing you from the production of fruit. It's robbing you from the ability to abide in him. And there's a barrier that comes. And it, what it does is it says, enemy, come on and eat up my, you know, eat my lunch, you know. And, and uh, it, it really gives the enemy. But I don't have to go into that. You guys know that. Uh, let me tell you the second one. This is a real tricky one, pride. Pride's a real hard. You know what? <laughs> I've never heard, you know, you, if you're in pride, you don't know it. But what pride is, it's the opposite of humility. Humility is total dependence on God. So if you're going to abide in the vine, you better be humble. That means I need you, Lord. I can't do anything without you. Jesus said in John 5, 19, he said, I can do nothing apart from the Lord except what I see from the Father. And what the word there means in the Greek, it means experience. Only what I experience from the Father can I do. Now, if Jesus said that, how much more is that true for us? We can't do anything except what we receive or what we, what's imparted from the Father. That's what's done, and that's what's going to last. That's going to be the fruit that lasts. Amen? So, so that's number two, pride. And pride is just being full of yourself and thinking you can do it. Here's a subtle form of pride. You know what? I can do this, God. I can do it. I don't need your help. I, don't, you know, I can get it done without you. That's pride. That doesn't sound like pride, but it is. Okay, number three. Number three is this, and i got to move fast. Strife. Say strife. Strife and unforgiveness. By the way, the, word, the, the scripture for pride, you don't have to put it up, but it's James 4, 6. It says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the... How many know it's better to, be, to receive grace than be resisted? Amen? So, again, very simple. Okay, number three. Uh, number three is... Um, Strife and unforgiveness, I'm not going to go into detail here, but if you're in strife, uh, it, 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 basically it allows the enemy to come in. In John, uh, I mean James chapter 1, it says where there's strife, there's every evil thing, and the word there is demonic. Uh, so it, it invites the demonic when, you, when you're in a lot of strife. And unforgiveness <coughs> basically blocks the ability of God to bring that forgiveness and keeps you from producing fruit and causes your fruit to go rotten. Okay, number four. Number four is this. Uh, distraction. How many of you know you can be walking with God and you can get easily distracted? You know, the Old Testament calls us idols, have no other idols. Now, they had stone idols and wood idols and everything. We don't have that. We have an idol, you know, uh, we have different kind of idols. One would be, uh, here's one idol. Anybody guess what I'm pulling out? Probably a dollar is not going to be an idol. But anyway, my, my <laughs> it's not going to get you much anymore. But anyway, but, uh, but, you know, but, but obviously, you know, money can become an idol because it can be a false sense of security. If I, would not, if I have a lot of money, then I'll have a lot of friends, I'll have a lot of security. How many of you know <laughs> that that's not the case? And so that can be an idol because we can give our lives to, to making money. And when, what, do you, what do you end up with? Well, you end up with you striving and not abiding. And so, what's another idol? Give me another example of an idol. No, no, football. <laughs> football is not an idol. 
<laughs> football is a wonderful sport. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not going to open this up anymore. I can tell. <laughs> What's another idol? People can be, yeah. People, absolutely. People can be put on a pedestal and they become more important than God, yeah. What was another one? I heard another one. Technology, yeah, yeah. People can be glued to their, you know, social media, to their, you know, and that can become an idol. It can be a distraction, you know, very much. What else? What's another distraction or idol? What is it? Comfort? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could seek after comfort so much that you forget that God called us. He didn't call us to be comfortable, did he? He called us to make a difference. Sometimes it's not comfortable making a difference, Amen. Okay, you guys got it. I mean, that's good. I'm going to go to one more, and then uh, the last one I want to talk about is fear. And uh, by the way, let me give you the scripture for distraction. 1 John 2, 15, it says this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let me just tell you, the, world, the word there for world is, uh, is cosmos. It's, it's actually the word, it actually means world system. A better translation would be love not the world system. Who's the head of the world system? Satan is, and so it's all the things in the world system. You know, it can be greed, it can be sex, it can be, you know, all the stuff that, that people go after lots of times. And that, that you know, it says love, don't love that stuff because then the love of the Father is, is you know, it's compromised. And so, uh, you know, it doesn't mean, <laughs> we're to love the earth, we're stewards of the earth. It doesn't mean you hate the earth, <laughs> you know, and that's what some people think world means earth, it doesn't. Uh, it means the world system. And, uh, and so, uh, basically, the last one is fear. Say fear. And fear can come in, and really, it, what it does is uh, it gets your focus off of God. It's hard to have faith when you're in the grip of fear. And so when you're in the grip of fear, you've got to really press into him to come beyond that fear and, you know, have other people pray for you. That's when fellowship is really important. That's when the word can really help. Let me give you a good scripture for this. It's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And it says, it says this. Does anybody want to quote it? Ah, you guys are cheating. <laughs> for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And so, let's say it together. Let's read it. That's good. You got it. That's good. Okay, ready? One, two, three. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, I want to tell you that quoting Scripture can help you when fear comes, but even sometimes that fear grips you even more, and so you've got to ask for help. That's when you ask for help from God, from the Holy Spirit, but you ask for help from other brothers and sisters. And that's when, you know, we need each other, folks. That's why we're part of the vineyard. We're not the only vine in the vineyard, right? And so we want to encourage each other. We want to encourage each other to produce fruit. We want to encourage each other to be a blessing. So I want to pray for you. Any, uh, I, I covered this quickly, but I really pray that it'll make you think about what might be robbing you from your production and also if you're striving and not abiding. It's easy to strive and to be pressing in and pressing in, but God's not in it. It's like the guy that, you know, worked his way up the ladder to the top and realized that he had the ladder against the wrong wall. You know, I mean, that's the, the story of the guy that just, you know, pushed and pushed and shoved and pushed the people down below and pulled the people down below. And he got up to the top and he realized, wow, it's not so great up here. 
You know why? Because God never called him to act that way. And, and God, God directs us and leads us and he blesses us and he helps us and he changes us, our character, and he also produces what he wants produced in our life. And sometimes it's not what we think we should be producing. And so I just want to encourage you, stick with him. Allow him to, to speak into your heart. Allow him to impart unto your life. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray that from this point forward, each and every person within the sound of my voice, that we will be able to bear more fruit, that we will be able to abide in the vine. The things that try to rob us, Father, uh, we will not let those rob us, and we'll become more aware of those things that try to rob us and where we're, where we're getting off. Help us to abide really tightly with you, Lord Jesus, and that you, Heavenly Father, can pour your life through us, the Zoe life, the life of God, and that it would produce much fruit and produce a character in us that looks like Jesus. And I ask it in his name, and everybody said, amen. amen.